Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill off goal. Look at that pass. Haydock! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey's denied again. But Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Oh, yeah, that's where I talk. Welcome in to Bone and Beam United. I'm Bone. <laughs> and I'm Beam. <laughs> It's been so long. How you doing, Bone? I was literally sitting here in my basement going, oh, yeah, what's on this episode of Bone and Beam United? And then I realized, oh, yeah, we're recording one. That's how long it's been. My God, Beamer, how are you? It's good to talk to you. I'm good, man. Yeah, it's good to talk to you as well. And I know that we've been kind of chatting during back page stuff on your show, Common Man and T-Bone. But it's uh, it's been good, man. There's been a lot that's been going on in my life, and I'm sure that everybody's life who is listening to this podcast. My lovely wife and I just bought a house a couple of weeks ago, so we've been kind of transitioning into that stage of life and purchasing a home and getting everything moved in here with all of this coronavirus stuff. So it's been a little stressful, man, but this past weekend we've we've kind of started to start settling in a little bit. I know that you've been going through the same thing, so hell of a time we decided to purchase homes, right? <laughs> I know. Well, I think, I don't know if you were motivated the same way, but at least for me it was we want to move, let's get it done before the rush because when you get into yeah. March, April, May, they say that the housing people tell you, at least in our area, well, it goes crazy. You get into bidding wars. It's nuts. And they said, you know, if you go earlier, January, February, there aren't as many houses on the market, but there's also not as many buyers. So you might get a little better deal. So that's kind of where we were thinking. And then as it turned out, it's like, oh, we, we also did a pre-coronavirus buy-in. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on now. I know that every industry is getting hit hard, but... Yeah, I feel for all the people in the real estate market who are trying, you know, people who wanted to move. Now it's like, how do you do a showing? How do you, <laughs> you're supposed to stay in your house. You can't go yeah, look at 10 houses on a uh, Sunday like, you know, you normally would if you were trying to buy a house. So it's, it's been really crazy. So we, we were talking to our realtor and, you know, I was asking him, I was like, hey, how's everything going? He's like, yeah, not not great. I mean, because, you know, one, if people are selling their house, now they're getting cold feet because they don't want people coming into their homes who sure. could possibly have the coronavirus. And then same thing as people who are now buying homes. You don't want to go into a home where you don't know if the people there have it. So it's just uh, it's been a whirlwind, man. And I know that you and I are both on the, the same kind of page of thinking here that, you know, it's just it, it, in the end bone, it's going to be all right. And we're going to get through this together. But I know that you and I share the same belief that we're extremely lucky into what we do and the company that we work for. And we just hope that we can make your day a little bit better. And yeah. as long as oh, we're sure. doing that, I mean, you could think we're stupid 95% of the time, and I'm sure that most people do. But if we can make you smile one time in a day, like I know that's what kind of gets me through. And that's what I look forward to when I'm either doing this podcast with you or doing the show with Timmy is to be able to just kind of 
you know, understand what people are going through and imagining their situations. So we're, we're lucky to have the jobs that we do. Yeah, we certainly are. And we hope for everyone out there that you're staying safe. If you are working, if you're an essential employee, uh, we appreciate the work you're doing. We appreciate it's trying times. So if you are going to work still and you're listening to this podcast, thank you for what you're doing. If you are someone who's been shuttered in your house because you're trying to help, you know, flatten the curve, thank you for what you're doing too. We all got to play our part. So we're going to try not to be 100% coronavirus on this soccer podcast. It is a little difficult. Right, because it's kind of worked its way into every facet of our lives right now. Um, So we will talk a little bit about how it's affecting various soccer leagues. And uh, Beamer, I don't know how you feel about this. I was trying to think of things we could talk about in the future, maybe do another episode or two, you know, in the next coming weeks. I put out there on Twitter, uh, at Bone Beam United, if you want to follow along, I said, what are some things you want to hear us talk about? You know, give us some ideas of things you would like us either now or later to discuss. And one of the first responses I got back was Sunderland Till I Die Season 2 Review. Yep. Which I have not had a chance to dive into yet. I don't know if you have, but maybe that can be a future episode we could check into uh, is go through that series when we both get a chance to and then uh, talk about it. Uh, Because that, of course, chronicles last season's epic, almost promotion from... The League Three back up to uh, the second league <laughs> championship, and sadly it didn't work out. Uh, I don't know what the hell is going to happen to him now. My God, that's that's part of this whole deal, right? Is we're what's going to happen with a lot of these situations? We'll try to dive into that as we we go forward here. But let's start with just talking about some of the big news from coronavirus and soccer. Uh, so Kevin De Bruyne had a quote uh, that was just a, I think a day or two old where he said he's concerned about the impact of extending the current 2019-2020 Premier League season. And I won't yep. read you the whole quote, but he basically said, we've got a limited amount of time to get this in. We don't want to impact next season. And we're going to need three or four weeks to get back in shape before we can go finish this season. And you start doing the math on that, if that's what the general thinking is, and you'd think he would know makes it tough to see how this season gets played or how it gets finished out. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts on that, Beamer, but the, the Premier League's meeting about this stuff too. So I wonder, I wonder if we have seen the last of this 2019-2020 Premier League season. Liverpool are your champions, but uh, there's a lot <laughs> that is affected by that, obviously. Yeah, it's been you know quite a wild ride the entire time thinking about you know how the coronavirus is not only going to impact your day to day lives but how it is going to impact sports and you know that was kind of the first thing that we saw bone if you run it back a couple of weeks where the NBA suspended their season and then all of a sudden basically everything else followed suit but you're right like you look at the Premier League and it's just you start to do the math on things right and the more you listen to like your local governments and everything and I know that Dr. Amy Acton who of course is you know the the director of medicine here in Ohio and has been doing a fantastic job with her daily briefings has basically been saying like it's not going to be the snap of a finger where it's going to be like all right yeah it's cool like pack 40,000 people into a stadium now like we're past the curve it's not going to be that way it's going to be kind of an adjustment and a slow increase to get back to those things. And so I I really, really have a hard time believing now that we are going to see the end of a Premier League season. 
And I know like that is going to be soul crushing for many. And, you know, there are just so many different things that you look at, you know, obviously Liverpool with a big lead that they had teams fighting for champions league spots, teams battling off relegation, but it really is crazy, man. The more that you think about it, the more, at least I've gotten my mind that there's just there's not enough time to be able to finish a season, especially when they already have kind of the shortened off season. Anyways, they get like two months off and they're back to playing. The each week that we go by where this there is nothing moved, I don't know how you go about that. Yeah, and another thing that you have to consider is the European schedule. All these leagues being so connected, I don't know how you're going to get Champions League done and the implications going forward. It's going to be really tough to get all these leagues, not just for this year, but for next year, where we would be into like Europa qualifying, wouldn't we, Beamer? I mean, and and Champions sure. League qualifying, like the earlier stuff that happens in the summer, not you know the the bigger games that you see in the fall and winter. Those those are going to be starting up in months. The leagues are going to be starting up again in months. So I, I think it's a real consideration that I don't even know if we could start. I, you know, Premier League may not be able to start on time. I don't know. Uh, you know, yeah, but I think I, that, I, that, they the all have to work thing that out. Bone has been just turned on its head. It's going to be so bizarre. Uh, I saw this because this is something kind of relating to this. How there's various different leagues in different stages. The Belgian league has declared yeah. that their season is over. Club Bruges is the winner. So yay for them. But unlike Colin many of the Farrell's other leagues, worst nightmare. Unlike many of the other leagues out there, unfortunately, uh, or not, fortunately, unfortunately, whatever, they have playoffs. So they just even said, well, screw it. We don't even care about the playoffs. Yep. They're the winners. They're that. far and ahead the best. So, yeah, that's that's going to present some problems. If other leagues then say, well, we're going to continue, I think they, it might have to be something where FIFA or UEFA comes in and says, here's the drop-dead date. If you can finish your season and get your champion by this date, cool. If not, you have to abandon your season. I think that's what they're going to have to do. And then say, also, every league that wants to start has to start by end of September or early. You know what I mean? Like set a start date, too, to say, if you're not started by this point, then we don't count your season. Well, yeah, it's it's so wild. But I'm more so interested to see how you go about the, the promotion relegation. Because, I mean, obviously that's a huge part of European soccer, and that's what these lower-level teams are fighting for. And if you didn't have a chance to finish your season, then how can you either kick someone down a notch or bring them up uh, unless they were unless they had more points and then games in hand that they couldn't get there? But it's just it, it's so wild to think how widespread everything is going to be, and how because like if the Premier League stops their season and just says, like, all right, this is it, like, we're done, okay. But then you have to realize that the championship, League One, League Two, and, like, everything else is affected below that because there's not that then chain of events that is going to be in the pro rel. So, like, to me, that's the most fascinating part about this entire thing is, like, how do you work that into it? Yeah, I I really don't know. But I was just thinking about that. Look at – if you look at the Premier League standings right now, and every league is going to have this, but I'm just – Premier League is the one that we focus on a lot – um, Bournemouth is the first team relegated. Then, then Aston Villa, Norwich City, they're, they're obviously down too. But, but Bournemouth is in 18th. They're at 27 points. So are Watford and West Ham. But literally, yeah. the goal differential is Bournemouth is minus 18 in goal differential this year. Watford is minus 17. West Ham minus 15. So 
I yeah. know that that is the way championships work and promotion relegation works. It's one game's difference, but quite honestly, they have one game where they don't you know lose two nothing. Bournemouth isn't getting relegated, and in what stinks well, and you for them also is, have to look at Aston Villa because they have a game in hand and they're on twenty five points. So if they oh, win, yeah, right. they would theoretically be out of relegation. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. You're right, because they're on 28 games. Everybody else is on 29. So what do you do about that? You get relegated because the schedule just didn't work out? Didn't they have a replay? Am I wrong? I want to say maybe, I, maybe I'm not. I thought they had a replay or something that they were one of the games that got postponed like months away because they had some kind of replay. Either Either way, these are the complications that you get into without finishing this season. And I don't they know then. It was if, the League Cup all the way back in January. Yeah. So I don't know when it is that you say, oh, well, uh, okay, um, to get that tidied up, we're going to let those teams that were in a relegation zone play one more game. Or we're going to let Aston Villa play one more game. And then it's like, well, which one do they play? Do they play the next one that was on the schedule? Do they play the one that they should be playing? You know, they play the last game? How do you pick that? And then how do you say for sure, well, that then, because that might set off another chain of events where – whatever team they play wins could mean that that team now has put in a position where suddenly they're a, they've got a game more than someone else and they've jumped them. It's, it's not good. So it's going to take people a lot smarter than you and I being able to figure this out. And I don't know, as I, I was like, I hinted at this a few weeks ago. I don't know how Liverpool fans feel about this. Like I'd be the, pissed. <laughs> the year where you're supposed to get the glory and finally 30 yeah. years it's all happening and I said something about that on Twitter like man this is going to suck for Liverpool fans if they can't finish this year and I had a couple guys say why why it's great we win the championship who cares how we win it and it's like yeah but uh, not not, not like this wouldn't you like to be on the field once with the fans and hoist the trophy in the season where you won it wouldn't you like to see I, I just I'm not saying that down the road they won't feel vindicated they clearly the best team. They're they're up by twenty five points or whatever it is. I mean they're yeah. clearing away the best team. It's just something that you didn't expect, and I think for some Liverpool fans, there's got to be a feeling of of course, <laughs> if it was going to happen to anyone, it would happen to us. Yep, it's got to be us, right? Yeah, this is uh, such a bizarre season. So we'll keep you posted on that. Um, we could talk a little transfer rumor. I don't know. How that's all going to be affected, but uh, I did see... <laughs> Bone, let's be honest here. We don't know how anything is going to be affected. <laughs> let's talk about your team, Manchester United, for a second, because I did yeah, see there guys. are rumors about uh, Jack Grealish headed to Manchester United, potentially. Yeah, good old I... drunky. Yeah, hey, drunky, but uh, good player-y, too. Uh, you've got him. You've got Saul, possibly, as, an, as the rumors swirl. The thought is that if Paul Pogba leaves... Saul could come in and rescue and be your next, you know, talismanic player you can look to. Uh, of course, it would take a lot of money to do that. Manchester United certainly has the funds to do it. But I question, who would you rather have? If you could just say, I'll take Paul Pogba or I'll take Saul, who would you have? Well, I think you, you look at Saul and what he's done at Atletico during his time. I mean, he's been so good for them for so long. And my only worry, Bone, is and listen, I know that Bruno came over from the Portuguese league and he was able to adapt. And I know that Saul is the kind of player that I think can adapt, but you have to realize that the Premier League is obviously inherently different style of play than, you know, 
the Spanish league is. And so my only question was, he's been playing in that league for so long, would he be able to adapt? And if he does adapt, how long would that be able to take to go from playing in Spain to playing in England? And so I look at Jack Grealish, on the other hand, and I'm like, all right, he's good. He's really he's a good player. But if you're going after anyone who's kind of in that central mid, you know, midfield position who's going to be more of an attack-minded person where Bruno's going to be the setup guy. My my question is, why aren't you looking after James Madison, the the guy from Leicester? I mean, he's he's every bit of a player that Jack Grealish is. I know that Grealish gets all the buzz in the in the world cuz he's young and you know, he's he's got the flair and he's basically taking Aston Villa and doing anything he can to try and keep the, him them up. But I'm looking at James Madison saying, well, where's the interest in that guy? Because whenever I watch Lester, he's one of the best players on the field. If you're going to go after anyone in the Premier League in that specific position, I think it should be him. Yeah, that's a that's not a bad call on your part. I think that, you know, it's it's something I want to get wrapped into is all of the rumors for transfer window. Yet again, as we talked about at the start of the show, everything right now with how this is all going to work out because of the pandemic stuff, it's hard to really get focused on it. But do you think there's a chance that FIFA just comes in this year and says, sorry, because everybody is so crazy right now because the, the leagues are so up in the air. Sorry, uh, we're doing a one-time freeze on a transfer window in the summer. You'll have to all just stand pat and hold until winter. Could you see them possibly doing that? Because... For me, I think there is some sense to it. There is some logic to it. I cannot imagine most leagues or teams or players having no problem with that. I think they would all have immense problems with the fact that moves that were planned, strategies have been in place, finances have been lined up. Yep. And you got guys who have like pretty much know they're going to be on the move at the end of the year. Now suddenly they're back in for another six months. Like, yeah, with their Jadon team. Sancho, he's gone. All right, Leroy Sané, he's gone. Paul Pogba likely gone. Like all these guys who have basically planned away big time moves from their club, like that would be put on hold. But you're right. Like it's not about the. Well, I mean, it is because they're you know the 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 teams that make the world go round basically in this little world of soccer. But it's not about the Manchester Uniteds and the Real Madrids and the Barcelonas. Like, they are going to be financially fine when you look at them and the coffers and the war chests that they have. Like, they're going to be all right because the ad dollars that they bring in. But a team, on the other hand, like, I don't know, Sheffield United or Ibar or, you know, Lazio. Like, all these these teams who are, who are still in the top flight but maybe – that, that don't have the pocketbooks as these big-time clubs, how is that going to then affect them? What have their bottom lines looked like because of this coronavirus situation? And so, I mean, it goes all the way, Bone, from the top to the very bottom when you're talking about finances. And it, either way, if you have a transfer, if you have a transfer season, then – not everyone's going to be happy about it. And then if you were to cut the transfer season and to put it on hold until the winter, obviously not everybody's going to be happy about it. So I don't know what you do. I, I really have no clue how you employ this strategy of saying that we're going to freeze that transfer market or we're not. Like, again, we're, we're saying that there are a lot of smarter people who are a lot smarter than us who are dealing with this stuff. And right now I can – I'm pretty glad to say that I'm not one of those people because you're going to piss a whole lot of people off by, by doing either one of those things. Yeah, and, and for those who may doubt and say, well, they would never postpone the transfer window. I mean, dude, they've already postponed the Olympics. 
You don't think that's a big yeah. lift? I mean, th- 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 there is the a Open possibility. Something that's been going on for 145 yeah. years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, th- right. From golf to Wimbledon is canceled. I mean, you name it, the big events have all started to fall. NFL draft, though, going right along. <laughs> Sure. Adam Schefter Thank doesn't you, like it, but it's going to. By the way, gonna, it's going to be the highest rated draft of all time. You know, it it might be. I, I'm sure it will be, but I do think there there is there is a level that uh, not just with soccer, with all these sports leagues, they have to think about how much do we want to look tone deaf in the midst of. And it, well, the it's NFL vary. is already tone deaf, so it's I know, I know, of course, but I'm saying I think that's a real thing too. I saw in Italy, you know, obviously Italy's been hit really hard by this. The president of yeah. Brescia, uh, he came out and said, if the Italian league tries to start back up, uh, we will forfeit our games. We're not doing this. Like, yeah, you can try to start up if you want to, but we're out. We're, we're just going to tell you right now we're done. We're out. Leave us alone. So I think there is a bit of that that's real that is just those teams saying, we don't want to put our players at risk. We don't want to put our fans at risk. But there's some of that that's, pe- that's public relations, too, don't you think? Yeah, it's just it's so fascinating this this entire thing because you know we're going to get to a point and I hope it's sooner rather than later, but again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not an epidemiologist. I don't really know how this stuff works. All that I know is that I'm trying to do my part, you're trying to do your part in social distancing and trying to keep away from as many people as you possibly can. And there is a part where we're going to get past this thing where at least in the very slightest that you'll be playing closed door games like that to me will be a part where like getting 40 30 50,000 fans in a a stadium to me is like is way down the road like that's not even something that you can comprehend with this thing for the uh, months and months down the road and so if you want to start the season back up that's fine but you do have to realize the negative effect that you are going to have on a lot of people by doing this and I know we're all looking for distractions and we all miss live sports but at the end of the day I mean you're talking about lives of human beings and this is a disease that has killed thousands and thousands of people across the world and so now you're looking at it be like no we can we're, we're good like our sports teams we're all right like we're immune to it like I yeah you're right it's such a it, it's such a tightrope balancing act that we're in where to when we get past it what's the decision that you are going to make yeah I, I, I don't know I don't know how they're gonna figure all that out um, but we haven't even talked about this and we'll just briefly touch on it but Major League Soccer is in the midst of their season you know and I, I tried to kind of put that in perspective it's not like the NHL season or or the NBA season where those leagues are almost done, and now what they need to do is get playoffs done, right? All the other leagues we've been talking about in soccer are all at the end stage of their season, and it's whether you just crown a champion, there's relegation issues, of course. Major League Soccer's position is very unique, to touch on briefly, because they have to figure out, Do we, we started a season, we've had games, teams have played, guys have been brought in, they're all trying to get acclimated, and now they've had this happen. They're going to have to have another uh, training, like uh, training camp portion, don't you think? When when this when life resumes, yeah, you can't just start the season up and then just be like, all right, you can go play. Yeah, they're going to need probably two or three weeks at least as well to get back up to speed. So let's say they could theoretically, and again, you and I don't know the. We're just putting dates out there just for for forecasting purposes. 
let's say they put June 1st as a date where they could theoretically get back to training and then by June 21st they could start playing games again. Well, you're now going to have lost a third of your season at least. Yeah. Do you play like a shortened schedule? If so, which games do you eliminate? How do you determine which there's going to be teams that have unbalanced, unfair things, right? I mean, some teams are backloaded with how many home games they get because of a variety of issues. They've got a lot to work through as well, but I do think there's more of a chance they will get this season through because they already have a few games played. They could theoretically pay, play 20 games, let's say, or 15 games and still have some semblance of a season that by the time the playoffs would roll around, you know, maybe they limit the playoffs and say it's only going to be four teams. We're not going to try to have a huge playoff because of the way this year was, but we'll take, you know, the four best from each conference as opposed to, you know, the six best and and go from there. Well, I think there's, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to look at in this too, Bone. And I, I think one thing you can look at is, I, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but how many, how many midweek matches do the crew play, you know, over the season? I mean, do they play three, maybe four at yeah. the most? That that's something that you could possibly look into as well. You know, if you're trying to cram all these games in, and like we said, if you're just let's we're just throwing this against the wall. Like if you're starting back in late June, would you be looking into the possibility of instead playing four midweek matches through a season? Would you be open to expanding that to ten? And so, I mean, cramming those days together, and then you start getting into player health, and like there's all those questions about that. But I, I that's the one thing that I'm looking at is just, all right, well, you know, you usually play once a week, at least in MLS and their structure. If you can expand that a little bit and maybe add, I don't know, another four or five more midweek matchups, then I think that's something you could go into the realm of possibly exploring. Yeah, I I think you're right. The solution for me with Major League Soccer, what I think they should do is, let's say they can only play... We we don't even know if they could play any games. But let's say they could play fifteen more games, right? As it currently sits. Well, in each yeah. conference right now, you should have twelve teams. Am I wrong? I think there's twenty four, no, twenty six teams. So you have thirteen. You know teams. me, MLS guru. You're right. <laughs> you have I think twelve or thirteen teams per conference. It's I, I I'd have to count them all in my head. I'm not going to do that. But the point is, if you could only fit in fifteen or twenty games, you should make it so that you play everyone in your conference once. You know what I mean? And then maybe you have like within that, maybe you have a couple rivals that everyone gets to, you know, that everyone knows who their rivals are. Every team has a couple that are preserved for MLS's offices. Then you play those teams twice home and away so that, but don't, don't play cross conference, play all. If you're the crew, play all Eastern conference teams. And then if you're the galaxy, you're playing all West conference teams. And then you take your your maybe four or two even. Just have the conference finals if you want to out of that. Make it a little more like Europe. Everybody always asks you to anyway. You got a chance to experiment with that and see what it would be like to have just one final for the conference and one MLS Cup. Two extra games. It'd be you know more like a Champions League final round. Let's see what that looks like. And, and then at least you can get the season in and not be into January finishing. I, I hope they don't try to put in a full playoffs with what we've got. I'd rather have the regular season happen than have, you know, eight rounds of playoffs. I'd rather have, let's see. And that might mean my team doesn't make it. The crew would be right in that. I think like four to six range of teams that, you know, might get left out if they shorten the playoffs. But I just want to see more of the actual season because that's what I have tickets for. 
That's what that's what TV packages are built on. I don't want to see right. necessarily the play. I would I want the playoffs to happen clearly, but I want to see my team back at the stadium at some point. Even if I can't go, I just want to see those games happening. So, yeah, I think uh, lots to unpack there, Beamer. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on before we get out of here? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just it's been so wild, man. And I think today is two weeks at least third so we're here we're recording this on thursday april 2nd and it's been two weeks since we have left the office where we have been broadcasting from home like this is going yeah. on day 14 and it's been the longest two weeks of my life <laughs> oh i know it's, I mean, it's it crazy been, man i it is it is yeah nuts. it's uh, it is because you know we go into our office and i'm sure a lot of people are the same way who are out there listening you go into your office and like that has has been your life for however long you have been in the workforce and i think a lot of people just aren't used to it so like i'm just like i i'm sitting here i wake up you know my wife and i have breakfast and we're able to spend more time together and it's been it's been great but i do find myself like either being highly productive or not productive at all. There's, like, no mainstream, like, streamlined productivity through, you know, an eight-hour workday. It's either I get all my stuff done in the morning or I get nothing done in the morning or I am cramming for everything else, like, as we get up to showtime. So it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just we, we can't wait until, you know, kind of life gets back to any normal semblance. Yeah, I know. And, and I do think that... You know, one of the th- I, I will give people one thing that I would suggest uh, that that helps you maybe just like if you're looking for something to watch because I've been trying to find things to watch that are anything close to like hey this is a soccer game I don't quite remember the results like the other night the crew put on the 2008 MLS Cup I have watched yep. that probably a hundred times but it's great if if you're someone who hasn't it was great that they did that I'm glad they did for what it's worth you can order the dvd and have it at your house and watch whatever you want or you know you can you can find it but if you missed it it was kind of a cool experience i went back and watched that 2002 u.s national team game against germany in the world cup where they lost but they it it was a game where they lost in in heartbreaking fashion because uh, they played out of their minds they i think looked like the better team for a good part of the game and Sadly, you got a goal that would have been called back that Germany scored, or that, that sorry, not that Germany scored, that we scored against Germany. It should have tied it up, and it got it didn't get called back because there was no VAR. There was no goal line technology at the time. But you can go find that game on YouTube, and it is in high definition. And I have no idea how it's in high definition because the O2 National yeah, Championship I, game right, from that yeah. same year like for the Buckeyes. It's like watching it on a potato. <laughs> It just it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yes, that's perhaps the best description I've ever heard of standard definition. It's like watching it on a potato. But the, <laughs> somehow, it, all the graphics on this thing appear to be in some other language. My my guess, without knowing anything, is Korean, because the game either took place in South Korea or Japan. I don't remember which, but that's where they were doing all the World Cup games. So it might have been a local feed there that just happened to be in HD back in 2002. Anyway, the full game's there. You can hear all the ESPN broadcasters on it, so it's they've piped that in over it. But, man, it's it's a fun watch. So I give that to you as a distraction. If you've not watched that, go look up 2002 U.S. national team game against Germany. They lose the game. I'm not saying it's great in that regard, but if you've never watched that team play, 
Brian McBride in his full glory. Landon Donovan as a little child just tearing apart the German national team. Frankie Haydick out there with a short haircut. It's Joe Maxwell, all these guys. Just go watch it. Tab Ramos, uh, just go check it out. It's, it's fantastic. I'm, seriously, I, I hope you'll go check it. Um, that's all I've got, Beamer. Yeah, me too, man. I hope everybody uh, everybody stays safe, and hopefully we're able to do uh, one of these again, Bone. I don't know when it's going to be, but hopefully we're able to do it again. And hopefully, <laughs> by the magic of editing and your producer, Panama Ted, you don't drop out again because if yes, you can, I... you can pick it out. At some point in this episode, T-Bone did drop off for about five minutes, and we had to go back and reconvene and kind of chop it up a little bit. So yeah, maybe so... you can find that. It's a Bone and Beam United scavenger. Hunt. It is. It's an Easter egg. If you can figure it out, congratulations. You win no prize. We don't have a prize, but I hope you no. enjoy that. Uh, yeah, but we'll do it again soon, Beamer. Thanks again for that. And thank you for listening as well. Stay safe. We'll talk soon. That is it for us on Bone and Beam United. You've been listening to Bone and Beam United.